Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Is your first time to Denmark? I gotta be honest, I usually try to avoid clean, orderly countries without massive social problems. <laughs> I'm here for you, man. If you're not the poster boy for the entire country, you should be. We go, no? Yes, let's go. Yeah. You were saddled with the weight of best restaurant in the world. Uh-huh. I know, this looks totally bogus. It's fantastic. You need to work 20 hours a day in order to achieve this. Come on, guys, they're waiting now. Let's go. It's so much less about, ooh, you know? It's about bang. And it's tan, 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 elements, elements, thoughts, elements. What places have you been that you can compare to normal? No place. It's a whole different world. Beautiful. Optical walk through this beautiful world. Felt the cool rain. Once upon a time, in a land far, far away, there was a place, a very special place, a clean, orderly, and nice place. Usually, I hate clean, orderly, and nice. The air smells fresh and physically fit. Statuesque blondes pedal through streets lined by old buildings and canals. I read something very disturbing on my way here. Apparently, Denmark is like the happiest place on earth <laughs> they actually keep stats on this. Yeah. Apparently, Denmark is far and away number one. Yeah. The happiest, most content place on earth. Well, the colleges are the same for everybody. Free? Free. That, that's and un-American, man. That, that's socialism, isn't it? Yes. I mean, here, that's not a bad word. Okay, they pay like 60% of their earnings in taxes. But then they do get things like free health care. 52 weeks maternity leave on full pay. When I had my kids, two rooms down, that's where the future king had his kids. There's no, like, Beyonce suite? No. We're all there, and we're all the same. And that makes people more happy. That looks like a nightmare to me. (laughs) By the way, it would be helpful to point out, this show is not about Denmark. It's not about Copenhagen. I'm here for one man. Food this way. All right. And one restaurant. And then we can start. Yes, chef. Yes, chef. Yes, chef. Yes, chef. Yes, chef. Yes, chef. Go, 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 go. 
Noma is the place where Rene Redzepi pretty much changed the whole world of gastronomy. Let's go. Two baskets, please. For three years in a row, it was named the world's best restaurant by a jury of chefs and food writers who presumably know such things. Come on with those two. They're sitting waiting. Come on. Wow. Nordic coconuts. Also at the same time, this little bouquet of flowers. Danish coconut. Cheers to that. Cheers. <laughs> and so... The question, how does this nice, down-to-earth guy rise to the top of the food world, all while presenting things that no one could possibly think would taste that good? Let's have a bite of flowers. Oh, man. Oh, they're delicious. I'm not sure, but that's what I'm here to find out. Have they had the moss? Let's give them the moss. Yes, chef. We know that Noma has been said to be the world's best. This is a dish that is 20 man hours. And what we've heard outside of Denmark is that René sources his ingredients exclusively from the Nordic region, mostly from within 60 miles of the restaurant. Get a, get a better one than this. A better vessel, better vessel quickly, come on. Yes, chef. Think about that. Denmark is not exactly the Mediterranean. Summers are short. Service. Yeah. What René and crew started, what they're famous for, is foraging for ingredients. Reindeer moss with last year's harvest of sep mushrooms. And color me dubious. Did you ever eat moss before? No. Mm. <laughs> that is incredible. Wow. There's no way that this is going to look convincingly delicious on TV. But <laughs> it is really delicious. Oh. Alessandro Porcelli is Italian, living in Denmark. He worked at Noma before starting Cook It Raw, the roaming Boy Scout camp for the world's best chefs. I met uh, Rene in 2004. Basically, the restaurant was uh, just open. Four and six. Yeah. Ten years after Noma's inception, Rene is arguably the most famous Dane since Hamlet. And so, it's happily ever after, right? Not quite. It's funny that all this uh, happened actually in, in Copenhagen. Huh? Mm -hmm. You have all these rules about the Yante law, you know, where right. you have these guidelines where you never you brag about out. yourselves. And it's all understated. The law of Yante, which discourages attention-seeking, is part and parcel of living in Denmark. Danes who think too big are often cut down by their peers. It's hard to really make an effort. And if you stand out too much, you know, get off your horse. Okay, so let's say you start a restaurant mm -hmm. and you announce right away, well, this restaurant's gonna be different than anybody else's restaurant. You see where we're going here. Oh, <laughs> are people mean originally or they, they talk about you? Do they... I mean, how much foul language can I use on this show? We very quickly became the big band of the seal. 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 People can be so cruel. Do Danes like this place now? I mean, they're, they're they, proud they of it. Accept that, 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 the that. attention of the whole world. Yeah, exactly. Fire three sorrel, please. Yes, sir. To tell the truth, food nerds, captains of industry, celebrities, you name it, have been flocking here for years. Death Ball Sorrel coming up now. Some waiting months for a reservation in the 45-seat restaurant. So we have a sorrel leaf. It's marinated in a grasshopper garum. The idea is you want to use it like a spoon and sort of scoop all of this green snow, which is made from nasturtium leaves. Yeah, that's good. Mm. The technique, you don't notice it. You notice the flavor. It's, holy, that's delicious. That's really intensely, it's like I've never tasted a green vegetable that good. So we're in Tivoli. You see, there's like lawns, people sit down, the sun is out. 
The birds are singing. This is where happiness was invented. <laughs> Tivoli Gardens, it is said, is the second oldest amusement park in the world. Stroll in here, watch the pantomime that's hundreds of years old. I've only been here once with my kids, actually. I work all the time, unfortunately. Well, this is usually the place where young kids take their first date. <laughs> How old is this thing? I don't know, man. This is made for kids. Does it feel a bit wobbly? Totally, and ancient. <laughs> I'm a little uncomfortable. You see, Copenhagen is dangerous, too. Yeah, right? <laughs> Whoa. There you go. Oh, damn. That, you know, this is not bad. So there you see, just this little tiny park in the smack center of the city. It's not huge, is it? No, it's all it's... just squished right in the middle. It's like Singapore, you know? All dense together. And yeah, but it's... no death penalty. No, only the sort of the public humiliation if you f*** up with something. Oh, here we go. Firearms, apparently, it's okay here. <laughs> you know, I've actually never fired a firearm in my life. Really? And I've never driven a car. You've never driven a car? I've never driven a car. Okay, this well, is good. This will be empowering. This could change your whole life. Yes. Every time you fire, you need to reload. You don't need to tell him he's American. <laughs> All right. Man. So is this a competition? Call it what you like. All right. Blow it up. Oh, this is exciting. <laughs> I think we definitely have a winner here. Oh my god. Not a single one? I have to go. That's what again. we call a nice grouping. This is like a public school, you know, shooting range. After this, we're going to steal a car and I'll teach you to drive. <laughs> yeah. Come on, guys, they're waiting now. Let's go. Familiar with this one at all? No. So traditionally, it's uh, served around Christmas time. We call them able skewers. You got a little fish ram right through. I love it. Isn't it sweet? <laughs> and uh, there's a pickled cucumber in the middle. Mmm. That's great. Is it just awesome? Very traditional flavors. There's all these old school restaurants that have been here for hundreds of years. The herring, the rye bread, the smoked fish, the traditional stuff, you know? There we go. Thank you, my good man. Welcome to the happiest place on Earth. On Earth. Oh, there we go. All right. Smoked eel. Smoked eel. Pure shrimps. Pickled herring. Pickled herring. These tiny little shrimps, it's one of the few seasonal offerings that Danes look forward to. Mm -hmm. Our eating traditions are not that big here. Historically, we've eaten for survival. It was fuel to us. Lutherans were not exactly the most fun bunch. It was sinful to take too much pleasure in food. You know, if you're sitting at the table going, oh my God, that's so good, ooh, that's delicious. You're already going down the slippery slope to uh, who knows what other kinds of uh, behaviors. You know, my father's an immigrant here. I'm, I'm not even full Dane. Your father was Macedonian? Yeah. Mother From the former Yugoslavia. And then you left uh, Yugoslavia at what age? 14. People make fun of me when I say I never, I've never driven a car, but I never, I never had a Coca-Cola until I was like 17. It just wasn't in a small little village where there's two cars, you right. know? The first food memory I have is also from there, and it was my father, and the day before we'd been in the, to the mountain picking chestnuts. And I, I remember so vividly as a little child, I woke up and I saw my father roasting chestnuts. And then I started hearing, 
all these things popping. 20 minutes later, they were in a bowl, and my aunt, she poured milk that she'd just taken from the cow, and we had that for breakfast. It was so natural that, that we went to the mountains for chestnuts, uh, you grew your food yourself. These sort of experiences growing up, they really shaped the type of cook I am today. This podcast is supported by Sleep Number. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores? Sleep Number does that. Only Sleep Number smart beds let you each choose your ideal comfort and support. Your Sleep Number setting. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. All Sleep Number smart beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. Temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent. This week on Chasing Life... I'm a health reporter and have been for 15 years. And even I feel overwhelmed by some of the things I read about the stuff we're eating. My colleague Meg Terrell wanted to take a deep dive into something you've probably heard a lot about recently. Ultra-processed foods. There is a lot to learn there, some fascinating stuff. And some of it is probably going to change the way you shop. Listen to Chasing Life wherever you get your podcasts. So now you have a generation of young cooks like myself, and they are all over town, looking for the flavor of a region. What is the flavor? What are the ingredients we have? And how do we combine them in a way that tells something of where you are in the world. Between me and nature, there's not so much love. Nature is where bugs live. Pour turbicola? Yeah. But I'm learning reluctantly, over time, how much I've been missing. We can present it now. Renee's proclivity to scrounge around for flavorful stuff that grows wild. Welcome to the beach. What do you think of a good old Danish beach? Pretty much kick-started the restaurant world's now widely emulated practice of foraging. You see all this? Grass, but actually these are succulents. We're doing beach cabbage for them, no? Yeah. yeah. Renee, since the beginning, is thinking about how to put into a plate what's around you, basically. Well, you need to be like a 19th century naturalist if you're going to do this. Yeah, you're you need to be this. a botanist, a naturalist. She want this. You taste cilantro? Yes, it's cilantro. This guy says grass. Here, here, here. It's everywhere. Good to go. Service. 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 So we have some roasted turbot. I think the row is on the top there. Beach plants, beach cabbages around the outside. So I know these ingredients. We were plucking them yesterday. Yeah. Wow. Mm, this would be the future, no? Your mama cooked these dishes. Let's go and forage, guys. Come on, kids. Oh, there you go. Look. Sea beans. Salty, juicy, crunchy. I mean, I'd look, if I were looking at this at home, I would very much be thinking, come on, man, it's grass. It's grass. Yeah. It, it's green stuff that all tastes the same. Yeah. It totally doesn't. It totally doesn't. Now, is some of this stuff poison? Yeah. 
Have you ever eaten something that... that... Oh, yeah. yeah. On the spot diarrhea. Really? Oh. The dark side of foraging. <laughs> Two fish heads. Yes, sir. Growing your own food, finding your own food. Yeah. That was life in Macedonia. Yeah. But for a lot of people right now, it is an affectation. The worst moments, the worst meals are when people are just following a sort of a culinary trend. And they will see, oh, there's an edible, but it tastes like but it's edible and it's forged, therefore I put it on the menu. You know, it's gonna go on the fish no matter what. So pikehead walking, beautiful. Oh, now. With the beaches you guys forged yesterday. Ah, okay. You just pick off every little bit. Mm. But I think even at its most ludicrous manifestation, surely it is a positive thing that people are actually starting to look around and see where shit grows. It still is good because people are being connected to the place they're in. What's edible, what's not? What is there to eat? Oh, here we go. Jackpot. This is a mustard, beach mustard. In three weeks, this is gone. New things come out. This is our bread serving. It's a sourdough bread that's made with a Swedish grain called ullen. And this is a cow's milk butter that has not been churned all the way. It's called virgin butter. Oh, God. This is amazing, huh? Butter like this, where you can pretty much taste what the cow ate. You know, anybody who's milked a cow, this is a flavor of childhood. Fact is, there aren't a lot of people left who, where I come from who've milked a cow. And that's why it's becoming more important to what these guys are doing. It's the relationship also that they have uh, with the farmers, and the relationship they have with the soil. So this is Søren's farm, but we always say our farm. We feel like it's, it's our place. Søren is Renee's primary supplier of farm meat and vegetables. Look at the soil here. You see all the mussel shells? Yeah. These are shellfish, because this used to be marshland. Like Renee, he's not your ordinary Dane. And his farm is unlike the others around here. This used to be monoculture. Yeah, 15 hectares with carrots. Just carrots. And now, how many, uh, what are you growing? Between 120 and 170 different things. True, there are tractors and rows where potatoes and carrots grow. But much of what's happening here is a mix of wild and cultivated. This is wild angelica. Mmm, that's chives, the purple flowers here. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Wild onions. And you could grow them. Here, let's grow some for next year. There you go. The first time you come up here, you go into this and it's like, ah, oh, a flower garden. And he will say, no, 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 this is the leek field. They're so nice. You're touching so them like it, they're, they're jewels. They are jewels. <laughs> <laughs> let's grab a bunch of these yeah. for lunch, no? Is leeks going? Yeah. 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 The pressure in farming is to have a monoculture and to provide year in, year out what you know is going to sell and what the market demands. Do you mind grabbing a few of these plants? They're going to grow up, so don't take the root. It's very, very hard for a small guy to say, you know what, I'm not going to grow carrots anymore. I'm going to grow a whole bunch of different interesting things and I'm going to grow them as well as I possibly can. Yeah, this is pretty much a first for me. This is the first time you fall to your knees for a green plant? Yeah. How long for leeks? Do you think we'll ever reach the point where the guys like Sorum will be in a very good place? I think that if we cut the middleman, get the producers, the farmer, to talk directly with a guy like Rene. Nobody ever teaches you that the symbiosis you need to have intact is with these people that grow the food. You're never right. taught that as a cook, which is strange. No, get a, get a better one. Can we have another leaf that looks more similar in size to yeah. this one, please? Okay, let's go. And I think also, respect to your uh, shifts, how the should you know 
anything about this landscape. Uh, I've, I've been here for 30 years and I just know small, tiny part. Grilled leeks. So we just scoop it up. I think we picked these yesterday. <laughs> oh, yeah? Oh, man. Mm. That is the meatiest, most umami mm -hmm. full vegetable I've ever had. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll cook this for lunch, spice with the tatar. Chop that up in the freshly slaughtered meat from one of Cern's cows. Hi. 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 What else? The asparagus. Yes, let's do that. I'm hungry, man. Good asparagus, come up. Yeah. yeah. Asparagus. Beautiful. Let's go. We have salsa, please? Yes. And then just one dollop in there in the middle, okay? Yes. We roast the asparagus with this pine. That's why we have the branch. Do not eat that branch, however. Okay. So, underneath is a small pile of tender spruce shoots, grilled green asparagus sauce, and a little bit of fresh cream. Mm. That is incredible. Wow. The flavor of this, huh? So this is actually beer made from asparagus. It's tasty. Yeah. What's the meat? Wheel. Wheel? What was the name of the cow? Uh, 763... Zero, zero, three, three, zero. <laughs> Chef, do you want to do the tatar? What are you thinking? Just hack up the meat? Hack up the meat. Ooh, it already looks good. I'm going to go on the asparagus and on the leeks. Clean them up, grill them. A little sun lotion on these guys. Esteban, do you want to do a potato salad? Yeah. What should we put on the tatar? Wild onions. Bit of this horseradish. That's the chives, chive flowers. Okay, a little salt on the leek and a little uh, cheese? Yes. That's the angelica. Take all these flowers and we mix that in. Some vinegar. Elderfly vinaigrette for the grilled asparagus. A few eggs from my mother's three birds. Done. Didn't take us 10 minutes, but we have four courses. This is like three Michelin stars, chef. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Oh, man. Perfect. Mm. Look at that. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Man, that egg. What an egg. Yeah. Do you eat like this all the time? I bring my kids up here. All the staff comes here often. This becomes your reference frame for how fresh an asparagus should be. Just harvest, just cooked, just eaten. I mean, I think a place like this, in addition to being the best restaurant in the world and whatever else, it offers a real possibility. There is food around that, with a little effort, or a lot of effort, you can, you can make it into something really delicious. That is the hard thing, yeah? Change right. the way that people think about food. Not just the 35 people that can afford to come and eat here normal. Thank you for joining. Thank you, Chef. It's magnificent, yeah. Magnificent. The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish. So there have been arrests, suspensions, disciplinary hearings. They're shutting down graduation events. At this moment, the part of the protests that are admirable are young people calling attention to atrocities. Michael Roth is the president of Wesleyan University. I would like to make a space for them to do that as long as that space doesn't prevent other people from pursuing their education. Listen to The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish, on your favorite podcast app. Look, 
There are always going to be some people out there who hate the very idea of your existence. Yeah. From the very minute they even think about you. There's a Danish expression for not wanting to stand out, yeah. not wanting to talk about yeah. yourself too much. That's hard. called Yentelon, the law of Yentel. Wow. So it's yeast? It's frog. It's beautiful. Mm. Here we are, 10 years ago. We're opening. We're saying, we're going to try something else. Two lobsters on hold. Two lobsters are called out. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that in, in that time was just unheard of. It was beyond stupid. And, and why do you even try? Why are you fiddling with stupid concepts? Wow. Look at this. This is very complex. Mm. I know in the beginning, a lot of Danes were calling him the seal. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were laughing at it. It's a very new thing, you know, food here in Denmark. It's not something that they had like we have in Italy or they have in France. No, here, it's a different story. You have a huge part of people that are still so much in love in the old world. For lobster cola? Yeah. Yes. I mean, I've even been told that I have fascist tendencies in me. There's been op-eds written in Danish papers. Vinegar, please. Linking what we do at the restaurant to some of the most horrible moments in, in, in recent history. So this is the tail of the lobster with a little bit of the head juices underneath these nasturtium leaves. Use your hands. I will. Mm. It's luxurious. So how's it changing? That's what's interesting. In 10 years, it's really gone from, you know, the seal Mm -hmm. to igniting a new confidence in this city, in this part of the world, that I never grew up with. A possible forebearer to this new challenging of the status quo can be found right in the heart of the straight-laced Danish capital. I think Christiania is one of the most awesome places in the world, which is not very Yantelorish to say. A well-established enclave of hippie anarchist squatters sounds about as attractive as being sentenced to life at a fish concert. But there are some interesting features of Christiania. There's no government to intrude on your personal freedom. You're free to behave in as eccentric or normal a fashion as you wish. Here, I mean, you can be the freak that you are, and if you want to spend your day talking to a tree, you can do that without being frowned upon. Rasinga and his friend Joker are in local government, such as it is. Christiania has been here for some 40 years. It was a military area that was abandoned and it was then occupied by squatters and hippies. Despite the fact that the different governments didn't really appreciate what was going on here, nobody actually had the will or the strength to put people out. Who picks up the trash? We do. What about the essentials? Uh, you know, electric, uh, water. We buy it from providers, but we do it as a commune, as a collective. We pay only one bill. But what I like about living here is the fact that my kids get to walk around the streets without worrying about being run over by a car. There's no hot drugs and no cars yeah, running in the streets. I mean, it's like a little village. It's very secure. <laughs> Are you a hippie? He is. <laughs> you have two eggs smoking now? Yeah, yeah, chef. So right down there we have Pusha Street, which is probably the most famous part of Christiania. The green section, right? Yeah. We buy weed and hash oil, hashish. Yeah. I would never do that as a responsible journalist, but I'm interested in investigating it. <laughs> Pusher Street, it's a beloved institution here. You are free to see an array of cannabis products. Theoretically, by the way, marijuana is, like, not legal in Denmark. But there's a great tolerance for marijuana here, and I think that's because it isn't really harmful. People who smoke too much, maybe they pass out. Right. Whoa. Quail egg cooked in hay. Mm -hmm. 
Wow, that's like the greatest thing ever. Perfect, that's a perfect huh? dish. Perfect dish. I want more of those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So here you go. Thank you. So there's nobody in charge. I, like, ever, I am. I'm, I'm in charge. Yeah. The only problem is everybody else is too. Yeah. <laughs> it seems utopian. We have the same problems as anybody, but yeah. we try to solve them in a different way. And one of the ways we try to solve the sort of challenges is by embracing people as much as we can and trying to make space as much as we can. Do we have two peas ready for table four? Can I go with that now? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Extraordinary. I was reading something you wrote that's very un-American in its concept, which is don't be afraid to fail. Yeah. When we did this issue to us, it was a very big moment because we burnt it by mistake. And then we thought, okay, it's a mistake. Let's see what happens. And we cooked it. And then we had a new paste, a new sort of spice for us. Mm. That's indescribably delicious. All cookbooks, particularly American cookbooks, are written from the point of view that if you only follow this recipe, yeah. it will turn out great. You, you're safe. This is what we try to talk about every day in the kitchen with the cooks on Saturday Night Project. Apparently this is when you invite members of your crew to put up a new dish yeah. for comment. After each grueling work week concludes, Cooks from every level of the brigade stay late to submit their newest culinary ideas. Everybody's in on this? Everybody's in on it. This could be a very uncomfortable, you're, you're hanging it out. This forum is about failure, so yes. All right, let's see what you got. Luke, go for it. At no point in my career would I have wanted to subject myself to this kind of mass scrutiny. No, but watch, it's not bad, huh? It's not bad. I mean, <laughs> what do you have for a chef? A fermented apple uh, tea. Mm -hmm. This one I did with razor clam and some chamomile as well. There's this lamb tongue cooked for 10 hours at 70 degrees. Kohlrabi, just fermented with water and 2% salt. And this is sea buckthorn juice with brown butter. So what we have here, a uh, sep ice cream with some barley. Mushroom ice cream and fermented barley sauce. Yes. Well, I think the lamb's tongue is a great ingredient. Personally, I'm not getting what the kohlrabi brought to the party. The razor clams are a bit sweet, and with this broth, it's quite sweet. Mm -hmm. So it becomes very one-dimensional. Why can't you do that for your next project? Dry salt versus brine salt. She uses elements that I would never use in a dessert, and it tastes good. I like it. Given a choice between a traditional dessert and this, I'd be very, 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 very happy with this. Other was delicious, really. Thank you. Who's next? Oh! And so here I have a dish of um, strawberries and cream. I decided to go out my bike and see what I could get. So all the flowers that are here, the lady let me pick them in her garden. <laughs> So I have uh, strawberries that are pickled in rose vinegar and a creme fraiche at the base that's been infused with burnt roses and rose pollen. Do we just clap or...? Yes. <laughs> and then that and might then... well end up on the menu? No. This is not about putting things on the menu. No, I mean, if somebody makes a masterpiece, it's their masterpiece. 
Really? Yeah, yeah, of course. Isn't it your historical imperative as the chef uh -huh. to take his good work and innovation and put it on the menu and take credit for it as your own? I mean, that's the way it's been done for centuries. This is not the, the point here. The pursuit of enlightenment and knowledge is its yeah. own reward? To me, yes. Is that it? Cheers, everybody. Table four. It's being cleared. Let's start dressing. Yes, yeah. sir. They're waiting. Yes, sir. Come on, come on. Yes. I mean, now I travel a lot and I meet chefs and say, you know, I want to be number one in the world. And I was in Mexico, in Yucatan. They don't even know how to make a tortilla. They don't even know what a tortilla is made of. They, they kind of lose touch with the, what tradition is. That looks good, man. Merci, chef. It's good for you to try this, the herring, the rye bread, the smoked fish, the oh, yeah. traditional stuff, you know? Because when you grow up as a cook here, you think of this as old-fashioned. You don't see it as an inspiration for your future endeavors as a cook. All right, fellas, the next thing we serve you is flatbread. Very traditional here. And we spice ours with uh, shoots of spruce and oak tree. Mm, this is amazing. Amazing. Damn, that's good. Sophistication, but it's something that is so down-to-earth flavor-wise. No doubt about it. That's like both really classic and totally new. How you doing? How are you? Hello, it's Nels. Cheers. Cheers. I'm learning. Danes may be stiff, but they sure as hell know how to drink. Niels is a Danish Renaissance man. Drinker, sailor, charter tour boat operator, musician. So you're a neighbor of Renee and Noma. And Noma. I have known him from the absolute beginning. And when, when Noma, can we start now? Yeah, yeah we're, we're going. We're going. Well, what did you think of him when you first met him? I saw an ordinary man. He he fight for what he think about. He food. had a vision. Yeah, a vision. He have a vision and fight for this. All right, it's very close for two bitters. Uh, yes. yes! Nice done, chef. Oh, there we go. Look at the beautiful girl there. Cheers. Here we go. What was that? Camel dance. What's in it? <laughs> It's camel dance. I know, but what, what is that? I don't know exactly how you make that, but it has been drinking in Denmark for many years. So we have camel dance. It's a liquor. So it's a Danish bitter that has about 30 different herbs or so. So we made an ice cream with dehydrated milk and sorrel. Oh, it's delicious. Oh, it's absolutely. Oh, here we go. Camel dance. It is good. It works. It is good. Yeah. It works. It works. Look at this. Where you come from? New York? Yeah. 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 How do you know? What? It what works. Is. He said. <laughs> Thomas, can you come help me dress here? Yeah. Don't yeah. let them touch each other, okay? Yeah. Just there. Perfect. What would traditional Danish food be for you? Potatoes. Two potatoes. Yes, and some kind of meat and sauce. Do you taste the sauce? Taste yeah. Hello, fellas. We fermented barley, and we cook the potatoes in that, and serve with sturgeon roe from the lakes of Finland. Wow, man. Mm. Oh, it has a grappa homemade whiskey. Uh, after, uh, after yeah. it, yes. I know this flavor well. One more time. 
Here we go. <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing? Going to... I'm a little bit hungry. The, the famous, the Danish national late night dish. John's hot dog? Yes. I'll have the deluxe. Yeah. This one is organic sausage. Organic sausage. So it's good to me. He made his own mustard. Wow. Whoa. Here we go. That's a classic one. All my happiest moments seem to revolve around the tube form. Mm. That's superb. That's really good. Don't do, don't film me when I eat that. Now we'll only only the moments when we look good. <laughs> yeah. These onions are awesome. I think that's the way we have to make something new. Mm -hmm. But respect the classics. This is what we should transmit uh, to the young guys, you know? The passion to present something on a plate that is delicious, but also makes sense of, of your own environment, but it's authentic, it's yours. If you don't have a clear understanding about what tradition is, how can you innovate? Come to Copenhagen, Noma for lunch, John's for dinner. And double dance, in the middle, yeah. double dance and beer. Right. <laughs>
There you go. So it's quite moldy. You mean that in a positive way? I don't know. I mean, it's an experiment, you know, like, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's a six month old piece of roe deer. So I suppose it's somewhat inevitable. Hmm. It's not unpleasant. It's interesting. No. Tastes cool. like Egyptian. Pointing call out, please. Yeah. yeah. We just had one project funded. Deliciousness as an argument for entomophagy. So deliciousness as an argument for eating insects. Wow. Here we have redundants, fermented pears, and salt made out of wood ants. Wood ants. Wood ants, yeah. Cool. And that's delicious. It's amazing. You know, some of the ants we've been experimenting with, that's like you eat it, it's like zing, it's like excitement in your mouth, party, everyone's invited. A lot of the other ones, they need a lot of work. Here we've got wax moth larvae muslin, which is with hazelnuts, and then you've got a morel sauce. This is bee larva. They're like little lumps of fat. It tastes like insect. Yeah. Next taste, fermented fish, herrings. We stuff them with molded grains, and these have been here since January. Mm -hmm. So it's been filleted, and then put with juniper and with lingonberries. A little squirt of aged apple vinegar. Mm. Wow, um, it's delicious. That's good, man. Yeah, that's lethally good. Yes, I can think of I can think of ten different ways I'd like to eat that. Definitely. Standing up, sitting, sitting down, down <laughs> on bread <laughs> with beer, being fed. Um, so it sometimes takes a while to stumble across these things, but slowly but surely they come out of the woodwork. Let's have some crayfish. Delicious. Mm. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Skål. Midsummer. Midsummer's day. Longest day of the year. The Danes, to mark the Midsummer's Eve, gather and partake in traditions. And the sun comes out, we salute you. Like enjoying picnics, building bonfires. Mm, there's a fire. Oh, yeah. There's going to be a fire. And burning witches. We made those fires back in the days to keep the witches away, ah. because they thought all the witches was meeting on these solstice and blah, blah, blah. OK, where's the pork? Is this roast pork? Very, very traditional. Without this, Danes could not live. So we have a pork skin and chocolate with freeze-dried blackcurrants. Cool. What do you guys share? Thank you. Wow, that's wild. It looks wild. It's the flavor of Denmark, right? Roast pork with crackling, red yeah. cabbage, pickles. Man, that is a serious sandwich. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> mm. mm. Oh, that's just amazing. Oh, a rainbow. This is almost too pretty. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Whoa. Super cool, huh? Why don't we have the strawberries? The triple cream, huh? It's delicious, man. Yeah. So we have a wild blueberry dessert. So this is a sandwich, one for each of you, and the first of the wild strawberries. Oh, beautiful. Look at this. Like a picnic in the park, eh? Mm. Mm. Oh. Wow. So the Midsummer Day in Denmark. 
Wow. Look at the witch. The burn witch bird. The elves of our land, mother seen of the Yule, send us down on each way of the glancy bell fire. How's it going? Mm. You done? Terrific, thank you. Oh, unbelievable. Look, I've eaten a lot of great restaurants around the world, and it was still a little part of me that was saying, you know, this is going to be bull. <laughs> the guy is out in the field yanking weeds out of the ground. I really didn't expect it to be as good as it was. It was delicious. It was amazingly delicious for me. Amazing. I thought, yes, I thought it was amazing. It's not just about coming up with the greatest concept. It's just assembling what is out there in a new and beautiful, authentic and delicious way. He has single-handedly transformed everybody's understanding of Nordic cuisines. Where all the dishes, they tell a little bit of a story, you know, of the land, the tradition. But always delicious. Always, 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 delicious. always, always delicious first. He may be an ordinary guy, grounded, comes from a poor family, but he has big dreams. He wants to change the world. Yeah, and we can change it. Never forget that. We can do that. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.